we come to the conclusion. The homily series on the Mass, we've pretty much covered everything from beginning to end. The introductory rite, the liturgy, the Word, the liturgy of the Eucharist. Tonight, we kind of look at, look at everything through the lens of, again, our own disposition is the way we approach all of that. One of the, the main documents that we've been using, the document, the dogmatic constitution on the divine liturgy from the Second Vatican Council, says this, says, in order that the liturgy be able to produce its full effects, it is necessary that the faithful come to it with proper dispositions, that their minds should be attuned to their voices, and that they cooperate with the divine grace, lest they receive it in vain. Lest they receive it in vain. It is possible, and we've probably all experienced this, it is possible to come to Mass and to leave the exact same. No change. I'm no different. And I don't mean necessarily on, on the surface level, like my emotions, but interior. The whole purpose of everything that we do, as we have recounted these last couple of weeks, right, is, is to unite ourselves to participate in the work of redemption. The sacrifice, the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the glorification of Christ. We participate in this in order to be made present and to be open and to receive the fullness of that grace, of that gift. Yet it is possible to come week after week, and even day after day, and to receive to receive the grace in vain. Which is actually a contradiction in terms. It means we don't receive it. <laughs> to not receive it at all. Now we know every time that the Mass is celebrated, God holds up His end of the deal. He's doing His thing. The work of our redemption is accomplished. But we have our own subjective cooperation that plays a part in how well that grace is actually appropriated to us. How much we actually are transformed. In the process of our sanctification. So we're going to look at a couple of obstacles. Right, they can prevent us, prevent us from receiving the gift as the Lord desires us to. The first one, and this is kind of a no-brainer, is sin. Sin can prevent us from receiving the grace that is poured out here at the Mass. And most of the time we think of sin in terms of a break in a rule, broke one of the commandments, did something really bad, or I didn't do something I should have done. And that's, that's okay, that's, that's one way to look at it. But we have to, to look at it too with regard to our relationship with God. Because ultimately, every sin, every sin that we commit is a rejection of God's love. 
is a turning away. A choosing my way over God's way. When it's His way that brings the blessing with And so every sin is a rejection of God, a rejection of His love. If, if everything that we've talked about the last couple of weeks with regard to the Mass is true, this is obviously the place where His love is poured out the most. It's the most efficacious. It has the most power to grip me in the depths of my soul, to draw me to Himself, to fulfill me, to heal me, to strengthen me, to fill me with joy. And so if there's, if there's sin, if I come to this celebration, to the sacrifice, with this sin still in my heart, and not meaning that we have to be perfect to come to Mass, or we recognize that we're all sinners, but that if I come without any desire to change, there is no repentance. I like my sin. I'm comfortable with it. Which is a reality that we all experience. St. Augustine used to pray, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. And recognizing that there is a certain affection that we develop with our sin. We have to be repentant of that sin in order to dispose ourselves to receive the gift, to receive the fullness of the grace that the Lord desires to pour out upon us. And we won't go into great depth with this. And I, most of you have probably heard, if, if, if not, I hope this is not the first time you've heard this, that, that, that sin can, some, can oftentimes be distinguished in two categories, venial sin, mortal sin. In order to properly dispose myself to enter into the Mass, to receive the grace, mortal sin can't be there. Because venial sin weakens my relationship with the Lord. If we, if we can say that it's, it's a lesser gravity, even though that's, it's dangerous to start talking about that, any offense against God is, is serious. It wounds my relationship, though. Mortal sin... As St. John talks about in his first letter, it's the sin that leads to death. It severs my relationship with God. I'm completely cut off from it. And so I am, I'm not open at all. And so the Lord gives us the gift of the sacrament of confession in order to, to heal what was severed, to restore and to strengthen so that we can come with the proper disposition. But we have to have repentance. There has to be a desire to change, a desire to grow in holiness. And again, that's why we have the penitential rite at the very beginning of the Mass. To call that to mind and to stir right, that repentance, that contrition in our hearts and that we may be better disposed. And that's why that was the first words that Jesus when He began His public ministry. Repent. Repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. If you want to enter into the kingdom of God, repent. The kingdom of God, we can say the same thing, is at hand, tonight, right here, right now. The Lord wants us to receive Him, His very self, who is both kingdom and king. And so we need to repent. We need to desire to be free from our sin. The second obstacle 
to receiving the grace of the Holy Mass is a lack of faith. A lack of faith. What does that mean? We talk about faith in a number of different ways. Every one of us received the gift of faith when we were baptized. It was infused into our souls. That's one of the fruits of it. But it's mainly a potential for faith. Doesn't mean that I actually believe. I have to exercise it. And that's what, what the church says when we have to approach the Mass with faith. Do you believe that God acts? Do you believe that He can intervene in your life? That's why the Lord commanded the Scriptures to be written, you know? So that we would know and we would remember the works of God. That He's not just a myth. That He is real. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign. He is Lord. And He acts. So do we come to the Mass with that disposition, expecting God to act? You know, we talked about in the second week that when the Scriptures are proclaimed, God Himself speaks. Do I come expecting to be spoken to and hungry for it? Like, all right, we're sitting down for the readings. Let's go, Lord. Open my ears, open my heart so I can hear what you want to say to me. Do I trust that He wants to do that? But when we go to the altar and at the same time are made made present to the cross, death, and resurrection, and ascension, and we're at the heavenly banquet all at the same time. Do I, do I trust that the Lord wants to pour out the fullness of that grace that destroyed evil, that poured out freedom, that poured out love, that poured out healing? Do I, do I believe that, that He wants to do that for me? The church is encouraging us to, we should, every time, Every time we come to the Mass, the Lord wants to act. We don't necessarily have to see physical results. But it doesn't mean that He's not doing something in my heart. It doesn't mean that He's not removing right, the brokenness that causes me to be so impatient with everybody and filling me with the virtue of patience, supernaturally doesn't mean that he's not instilling his, his peace, giving me clarity of mind, pouring forth his wisdom. The Lord wants to act. But just as he tells us so many times in the scriptures, he, he needs faith. When he went to his hometown, it was because of their lack of faith that he couldn't work any mighty works. And it was usually with the pagans, the Gentiles, those who weren't even Jews, part of the covenant already, who had a greater faith. And whenever that was expressed, it called forth his power and his love, and he was glad to dispense it. And so do we come with that? We should. And so if, if I don't, tonight, start tonight. And look, faith is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Okay? If you've been baptized, you've got it. Exercise it. Stand on it. Say, even though I don't feel good, even though there's some doubt lingering, no, I choose to believe, Lord, that you came to save me. 
you came to free me and so I'm offering myself. And even though maybe everything in me is saying, this ain't true, I make an act of faith and I give you permission to act. I offer myself to you. And just because we do that, now doesn't mean that, that my life's going to be perfect, that I'm not going to experience the cross. Right? With faith comes this component of darkness, this component of mystery that I'm not in control, I don't know everything. There's a constant invitation to surrender, to surrender again and again with confidence. And the Lord wants us to do that often. But especially when we come to Mass, to stir up faith, to make that act of surrender and to do it with the confidence of sons and daughters, of children who know the love of their Father. Father who will not give them a serpent if they ask for a fish or give them a stone if they ask for a loaf of bread. But will give us all the treasures of the kingdom of heaven if we but ask with them. And if it is for our salvation, for our good, for our growth and holiness. And so we pray for those graces tonight. To be repentant, truly, of our sin. To desire the change. And to trust that the Lord can act. That He wants to act. He wants to speak. He wants to heal. He wants to transform. And then he wants to use me as an instrument. He wants me to invite me into that work, to share that joy, to share the love when I go forth from here. Because that's, that's the end game. We come here for the glorification of God and the sanctification of our own selves, but then at the end we're sent forth. Go forth. The Mass is ended. It's not just a, a way of saying the end. But it is a commissioning. Go forth. Get out of here. Take the gift that you have just received. Let it burn within you and then go spread it. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. So we ask the Lord to fill us with that, that expectant faith, that trust, that confidence in His love, His desire to act. That we may approach these mysteries with the proper dispositions. And we do this too in light of of the tragedy, right, that we've suffered in this community in the last, the last couple days with the death of Maxwell Group. Something like that happens. There's, there's usually a lot of shock, a lot of confusion, a lot of anger, a lot of fear. And we don't know what to do. And maybe we're not in a position to do anything big. And we don't have all the answers. We don't necessarily know everything that happened. But Jesus Christ is the Lord. Today, yesterday, and forever. And He came to save all. He came to heal. He came to transform. And so we can approach Him tonight and present to Him the soul of Maxwell Gruber. We can present to Him His family, His friends who are grieving His loss the brothers in the fraternity, and the entire LSU community, right, who has been wounded, wounded greatly by the tragic death. Well, you can unite all that to the Lord 
the Lord Jesus' offering of himself to the Father with faith, with expectant faith that the Lord will act, that he desires to act, that he desires to fulfill his word, that all things work for good for those who love the Lord, that he desires to bring a greater good out of a horrendous evil. And so we approach the altar now with confidence and faith. And we entrust Max and his family and all that we hold in our heart to the mercy, to the saving power of our Lord Jesus.